Central style is we have a class for you every week and then uh, at the end of the class then you have you're going to be going with your children into the church where you have the Blessed Sacrament exposed and you're going to be praying with your children and that's very important that's very important because one of your principal obligations as parents is that you have to pray and you have to teach your children how to pray. And you're going to hear me repeating this over and over again. You're going to have to pray and you have to teach your children how to pray. And it's my obligation to teach you how to pray. That's what we, we were doing two minutes ago. Is that John Paul II, who is a great pope, said in his document, Tercio Millennio Innuente, entering into the new millennium, the two principal schools of prayer are the church and the family. <laughs> so the church and the family are the two principal places where we should be praying and teaching people to pray. This is a church. And you're not going to find a church that insists more on prayer than this church right here. Okay? But then your family will have to be a school of prayer. So what, what, what you're going to be doing at 5 o'clock on Monday, you should be doing every day. Okay, you don't do it yet, but what we're doing, what, what we're doing, praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament, the Rosary, you should be trying to do that every day. So we're trying to teach you here in the church what you should be doing in your family. Okay? So you, we pray the rosary here. If you don't know how to pray the rosary, okay, you're going to learn. And then you start to pray the rosary in your family. So in, in about 11 days, we enter into October. October is the month of the rosary. October is the month of the rosary, so we should pray the rosary every day, but especially in the month of October is the specific month of the rosary. Okay, last week uh, the class that I gave uh, was on the Good Shepherd, if you remember. I gave you a class on the Good Shepherd, going through Psalm 23. And then applying the Good Shepherd to Jesus. Then applying the Good Shepherd to myself. Then applying the Good Shepherd to all of you. Okay, so Jesus is a Good Shepherd. We're called to be a Good Shepherd. And you're called to be a Good Shepherd. And if you remember the... The words that I composed, I said, for us to be a good shepherd to our sheep, we have to be a good sheep to the good shepherd. Right? So for us to be a good shepherd to our sheep, we have to be a good sheep of the good shepherd. So for a good sheep of the good shepherd, we can be a good shepherd to our sheep. It's as simple as that. Amen? Okay, so I, I wrote out this... Uh, Worksheet when I was on vacation, and it's um, it explains pretty clearly uh, our obligations as parents related to the sacramental life, related to the sacramental life, and your children are being prepared to receive two sacraments. One of these sacraments is the sacrament of confession. The other sacrament would be the sacrament of the Eucharist. And most of you, most of you here, uh, have the sacrament of holy matrimony. Okay, I married you two months ago, right? Most of you have the sacrament of holy matrimony. If not, uh, come to me and we'll work on it and we'll get you married uh, free of charge and I'll take you to Pollo Loco after you want. Okay? So you can marry for free. Uh, don't worry about the money. I have evolved poverty 
But I can pull wallet strings if I want to from people that have some big bucks, no? <laughs> so don't worry about money. Just get married and uh, uh, be able to live out the sacrament of holy matrimony. So if you're not married, come and talk with me. Then we'll talk with Teresa. We'll try to get you married within three, or f- three to four months, okay? Amen or all me? That's an amen, right? <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> Might be an all me for a couple of you. But uh, see the sacraments as blessings. Sacrament is a blessing. Okay. Um, those people who are here who speak more Spanish, uh, fine. Uh, almost all the Spaniards say that they understand my English. I speak a very clear English, no? But I do have classes in Spanish, too. I have one yesterday. I have one on Sunday. And I have this translated into Spanish. So if you like a Spanish version of my worksheet, you can get it. I don't have it in Tagalog or Japanese, though, okay? So I'm, I'm stuck with two languages. Now, I, I, could, I, could, I could wing it in Italian. I was there for seven years. But let's stick with two languages now, okay? Okay, so all of you have, all of you have your worksheet? Can you have your your pencil? Okay. Well, next week we'll have a binder for you. I just encourage you not don't turn this into an airplane and use it for your bird's nest. Okay. You know what that means? So I, I know you don't have a binder, so you're probably just going to turn turn into um, you know a, a doormat or something like that. No. But I want you to I like you to put these in your binders. And um, I'm already thinking about to get thinking about your your midterm and your final exam, as well as summer school. <laughs> you might be you might be stuck with me for summer school. What penance, huh? <laughs> so I don't want you to have to go to summer school with Father Broom, no. So uh, let's try to let's try to learn. And my way of writing is I, I write out the topic, and then we've got fill-ins. We got fill-ins, so we're going to be actively engaged in this learning enterprise, huh? <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's start. Here we go. The topic is the parents. Essential role in educating children. Okay, your um, your handout is um, it's a little bit blurry, but they say that a picture is worth more than a thousand words. Okay, so what you have there is a mother and father. You got the uh, four children. It almost looks like my family. My parents had four teenagers at the same time. They had it back to back to back. (laughs) And the mother is presenting the children to Mary. Isn't that beautiful? A little bit blurry. uh, But that's that's what you want to be doing every day. You want to consecrate your children to Mary. So you come to this church, you see all these beautiful pictures and and paintings of Mary. All of you should have a beautiful picture painting of Mary in your home, do you? I would say every room. And I I know, um, especially the Filipinos as well as the Mexicans, they they love love sacramentals, which is beautiful. So. Uh, if you've been tainted by the Jehovah Witnesses or the iconoclastic heresy, make sure that you get beautiful images to have in your rooms. No? Not just in the entrance, but your, your children should have beautiful picture of Jesus and Mary in front of them. Do they? No, Padre. Okay, well, it's up to you to try to get those beautiful images. And a nice big cross on the wall, too. And not a Protestant cross. We're Catholics. We Catholics are Protestants. We're Catholics, right? You know, the Protestant cross doesn't have the body on it. Did you ever notice that? Whereas we've got the 
body of Christ. You ever, you ever, you ever go into a Protestant church? Don't go into it. But even outside, you see a big cross, but you don't have the body on it. That doesn't do anything for me. But when I see the body of Jesus on the cross, that moves me to really want to love Jesus and thank Him because I know that He died for me on the cross. See, there's a big difference between Catholics and Protestants. I'm not bad-mouthing them, but there is a difference. So we want to get to know our faith and give our children the best. They deserve the best, right? Yeah. Amen? Amen? All right, so there's our picture. It's not a artistic masterpiece like Michelangelo, but at least there's something that you can derive from that picture. Okay. Here we go. Uh, once a couple celebrates the sacrament of matrimony, holy, mat- holy matrimony, they receive the grace to be faithful to each other in good times as well as bad. Health and sickness Riches and poverty. Until death do you part. That was a promise you made the day you got married. You remember? <laughs> Maybe you forgot. But you made that promise. These are the words that both the husband and wife provides to each other in a solemn vow before the minister of the church, usually an ordained priest. Did you know when you get married... Did you know, you and your husband, you marry each other. You're the one that conferred the sacrament. Did you know that? Now you know it. Priest is the witness, not the Jehovah witness, okay? Priest is the witness, officiating the ceremony, but you, you, you married each other. By the mutual consent, by the mutual consent, you actually conferred that sacrament. You have to have a minister witnessing it. But that's the sacrament... That by saying, I will be faithful in good times and bad, and giving the ring, there you have the sacrament. Did you know that, John? Good. I'm glad you do. And that's important. See how important your, your, your marital vow and commitment is? Very important. Okay, let's move on. Also in the same celebration of holy matrimony, both husband and wife promise that they will be open to life. Here's a big word for you, procreation. You hear, ever hear the word procreation? No, Padre. Okay, procreation. And what does that word mean? It means that we are willing to collaborate with God. Collaborate means to work with. If you want to go to the Latin, collaborate. To work with God in bringing forth new life. What a sublime gift, but also a supremely important responsibility. Every, every time I see a pregnant, pregnant woman, I say, what, I, what, what reverence I have for that pregnant woman. Bringing a new baby into existence that has an eternal destiny. Wow. What reverence I have for that. That that woman and the husband collab with God to bring a new person into the world will be living with God forever in heaven if we collaborate with God. That's huge. That's why we don't tamper with life. Life is sacred from the moment of conception until natural death. Life is sacred. Amen? Yeah. Okay, life. Not only does a couple say yes to life on a natural plane, but also they say yes to bringing forth life on a much higher level, the supernatural plane. This incredible supernatural life all begins with the reception of the first and necessary sacrament of holy baptism. Holy baptism. Okay, baptism is not just a ritual, but a serious obligation and commitment. 
Unfortunately, for all too many Christians, and even Catholics, baptism can easily be reduced to a mere ritual, exterior practice, a perfunctory and mechanical function carried out without any real meaning and purpose. Holy matrimony and baptism are both sacraments that include with them very serious commitments. The social above the sacramental. Once again, due to crass ignorance and a lack of serious education, there are many parents that put off baptism for their children because they put the social above the sacramental. They want la fiesta, la pechanga, as they say in Mexican Spanish, huh? La fiesta, la pechanga. In Sima, they put the... How many times they put off the baptism because they don't have the party, they don't have the money, the padrinos don't come, and the kids got three months and four months and six months and nine months... A year, you know, that that could be that could be a very serious sin. And if your son dies without baptism, though I repent, I wouldn't be able to live with my conscience the rest of my life. I mean, I don't have any biological kids. I wouldn't be able to live with my conscience. The only thing I put it off because I didn't have enough money for the fiesta and the and the service and the beer. You laugh at that, but that that that's common. That's common. So never, never put the social above God. That, that's idolatry. You know what idolatry is? Whenever we put any person, place, or thing above that's idolatry. So make sure always put God first. Amen? Mero, mero, as they say in Spanish. Huh? God number one. huh? God number one. So, I wrote this out now in a more poetic prose, if you like. Once again, due to crass okay, ignorance, lack of serious education. Okay, we've already read that. The purpose and thrust of the family encounter is to help us to understand the incredible graces that flow from the sacrament of baptism. Holy matrimony and the serious obligation of parents to educate their children so that eventually they will become citizens in this life and one day in heaven. So we have a double citizenship. Citizenship here, and maybe one day you'll get your green card and you become an American citizen, right? <laughs> but then we have a, a double citizenship in heaven. That's even more important. If we only knew all of the gratuitous, gratuitous, which means free, gifts that flow from holy baptism, our hearts would constantly overflow with gratitude to God for His infinite kindness and generosity towards us. The prayer of the psalmist would resound constantly in our minds, souls, and hearts. Give thanks to the Lord for his good, because his mercy endures forever. Amen? Give thanks to the Lord for his good, for his mercy endures forever. That's one of the most common verses in the psalms. Give thanks to the Lord for his good, for his mercy endures forever. All right. Now, given that we're just starting off this year, uh, I really believe that if, if you don't under, if you don't understand what baptism is and what flows from baptism, it's almost like building on building on sand. Okay, you have to know what are the graces that flow from baptism, and most of your children are baptized. 
Did you ever stop and ask yourself, what are all the graces that flow from baptism? You've probably never done that yet. That's why I wrote out this worksheet. So let's, uh, we're going to write down a list of all the things that happen in the moment of baptism. And then we're going to be writing down a few things, ideas on what we can do to live out our baptism and help our children to live out their baptism. Okay, a, a note before I get into this. Uh, I, I've thought about this very often. Why wasn't I born in China? I don't know. If you look at mathematical possibility, I probably should have been born then. There's 1.3 billion, right? <laughs> We don't even have a we don't have a billion in the United States. Why wasn't it born in China? And I'm not bad mouthing the Chinese, but China is is communist a communist atheistic. I was born into a family, not a perfect family, but a pretty good family. We're nine altogether, pretty big family. My mom has 39 grandchildren. My, my brothers and sisters have a lot of kids, no? Which is pretty rare for an American family, right? <laughs> but why was I born into a Catholic family? I, I don't know. No innate goodness in myself, simply because God is so good. But if I were born, if I were born in China, and I were that little boy there, I would be baptized. You'd be, you would be an atheist. Unless maybe a med one of those Catholic missionaries there in China on the slide that maybe taught to you. But most of them, are, they're, they're, they're atheists. You know what an atheist is? You ever heard of atheism? I once heard a story of an atheist. said, I'm an atheist. Thanks be to God. Okay. Yeah. Right, John? So an atheist is someone who denies the existence of God. Okay. So, I was born into a Catholic family. I'm, I'm thankful for that. You should too. Because we, we could have been born in China or another country or, or, uh, or Russia, communist Russia, or Albania, or, or, or North Vietnam, or North Korea, where, where, where God's existence is denied. So I think we should sometimes step back and thank God the fact that we are born Almost all of you born into a Catholic family, and you're probably all baptized before you were one year. Okay? Probably most of you are baptized within the first few weeks, maybe the first couple of months, anyway. So be thankful for that. But allow your gratitude to, to overflow into serious commitment to live out your baptism. Okay, so. The gifts that flow from baptism. You ready? So write down baptism, it washes away original sin. You've all heard of original sin. I hope you have. Probably have a, a class on what is original sin, where it comes from, and what it, what it does to us. So baptism washes away original sin. Original sin that came from Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, they ate the forbidden fruit. You can read this in Genesis chapter 3. And as a result that all of us in the very moment of our conception were conceived with original sin. Only two were not. Do you know who they were? There are two who were not conceived in original sin. And that was Jesus and Mary. Mary, the immaculate conception. And Jesus, born of Mary, was conceived by the Holy Spirit. But all of us are conceived and born with original sin, whether you like it or not, okay? 
But baptism, uh, baptism washes away original sin. Washes away original sin. It makes us clean. None of us like to walk out the door with egg yolk on our face. I hope not. We like to be clean. At least I do. Hopefully you do too, right? So that that cleanses our soul. Our soul becomes white as snow. So that's the starting point of baptism. We're washed and we're made clean. So let's move on. That might be considered the negative, but now we enter into what is called a personal, a profound relationship to God. And we enter into something very personal. Years ago, uh, this used to be the catechetical office. No, it was the office where Father Larry was for about 20 years. And we finally built a new church. And... um, Remember one occasion, I, I p- picked up the phone. This lady was talking to me on the phone, and we were kind of arguing. And I said, "You know, you got to get your your kid baptized. He's already a year old." And uh, she was kind of arguing with me. And I said, "Look, your son, your son is not a is not a son of God." And she got really angry at me. I said, now, "What is he? He's a creature of God." Ah! And she hung up on me. No. Yeah, you think it's funny, huh? But but I was telling the truth. You're not baptized. You're a creature of God. It doesn't sound good. But once you're baptized, you become, that's number two, you become a son or daughter of God. Wow, what dignity, huh? Do you ever think about that? You're a daughter of God. Wow. Doesn't it kind of blow your mind you think about it? That little guy baptized? Ah, he's a son of God, man. What great dignity. And and the saints will say, if we understood that, we're not going to commit sins because we forget our great dignity and our destiny. Right, John? See, Padre. Okay, so God the Father. God is the Father, and we are sons and daughters of God the Father. Next. Turn the page. Do any of you know the name of God the Son? I hope you do. Well, I'm glad we have formation classes here. Okay, The name of God the Son, his name is Jesus Christ. Never heard of him? So, God the Son, his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. So what is our relationship... So with our relationship with God the Father, we become sons and daughters of God. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is we become brothers and sisters to Jesus Christ. So if you ask me, oh Father Broom, do you have do you have an older brother? I say yes. One, his name is Dr. Michael Broom in Orlando, Florida. He's a spine surgeon, but even better, Jesus Christ. Amen? (laughs) Amen? (laughs) He got two. One on earth, and the the more important one up there in heaven. Okay? So Jesus Christ, so if someone asks you, do you have an older brother? Yes, Jesus Christ. And then you can give... You can, you, you can go through my catechetical lesson and maybe talk to that person about a half an hour. Start to catechize, huh? Amen? I give you permission. Okay? You can even make a photocopy of this. I give you permission, okay? <laughs> the author gives permission. Okay, what about, what about the Holy Spirit? He's your best friend. Yeah, so God is a father... Jesus is our brother and the Holy Spirit is your best friend. You're in good company, huh? God is our father, Jesus is our brother and the Holy Spirit 
is our best friend. Our best friend. All right, now, number five says the Blessed Trinity. Have any of you ever heard those words, the Blessed Trinity? You have, okay. You've heard it, but what does it mean? Don't all speak at the same time now, okay? Okay, so there are so there, there are three gods in one person, is that right? Okay, yes. That you marry three gods in one person? She said yes. Now you, you wagged your head, right? No? A dyslexic? <laughs> well, I, I'm speaking like a dyslexic. <laughs> okay, I tried to trick you. Now, I, I like to play in words, you know? I'm, no. <laughs> I've studied Shakespeare. It's called puns. No, you know what a pun is? It's an easy form of humor, and it's a play in words. Like in Spanish, "estás casado, cansado." <laughs> okay, so that, <laughs> it's a play in words. Okay, it's called a pun. It's the easiest form of humor if you, if you want to be a comedian one day. Okay. So I said it backwards, but you are dyslexic, right? Okay. So we believe that there's one God and three persons. I said three gods and one person, and some of you are out of the head saying, yes, Father. Okay? So you fell, you fell from my trap. Okay? So one God and three persons. Who's the first person in the Trinity? Who's the second person in the Trinity? Who's the third person in the Trinity? Who's the fourth person in the Trinity? There isn't one. Okay. So there's only... Three persons. So put this, the Blessed Trinity, the Blessed Trinity lives in my soul. Carmelite spiritual, indwelling of the Blessed Trinity through grace. The indwelling of the Blessed Trinity through grace. Wow. How sublime that is. Years ago, um, I was maybe 12 or 13, uh, one, one of my sisters was uh, rejected by one of her friends. And um, we were living in New Jersey back then. And she was driving her bike. She was maybe about seven years old. She was driving her bike and my mom knew that she was rejected by her best friend. And her lips were moving. And my mom said, Vicki, what are you doing? She said, I'm talking to God within me. Good mother, huh? Yeah. So my mom had taught her, even when she was very small, you can talk to God at any time. You close your eyes. You don't even have to close your eyes. God is within you. You you little guy, God's within your heart. You can talk to him whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah, God can talk to you whenever you want. You close your eyes. Lord, I love you. It's a great prayer. That's a prayer that probably most of us never think about. We can talk to God within. We can talk to God within. Maybe try it. And then you go into the church, you talk to God in the Blessed Sacrament. This is called the omnipresence of God, John. He's everywhere. As the poet says, in him we live and move and have our being. A little bit of poetry for you there. In him we live and move and have our being. Amen? Okay. So, there we have, okay, baptism removes original sin. It infuses within our soul the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Then we have the indwelling of the Blessed Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all together. And there's no, by the way, there's no divorce in God, okay? Where the Father is, there you have the Son. 
But the son is, there you have the only, there's no divorce in God. They're perfectly united. The father loves the son. The son loves the father. And the mutual bond of love between the father and the son is the Holy Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I'm giving you a theological class on the development of the persons in the Blessed Trinity. How about that? We're going to leave theologians, huh? <laughs> All right, now we move from from God himself to the many gifts that God has given to us. The many gifts that God has given to us. Among which are what are called the theological virtues and then the moral virtues. Okay, the theological virtues, maybe you've heard the word theology. Theology means theologia. It means the study of God. Maybe you heard the word biology. Have you heard that word biology? The study of life. How about philosophy? The study of wisdom. Cosmetology, the study of your face. <laughs> gotcha there. So, in theology there are virtues. These are the virtues that unite us with God, and there are three theological virtues. Know what they are, John? Ah, you forgot, huh? Or you're faking ignorance so that your friend won't feel bad, okay? The three theological virtues are, are you ready? Faith, hope, and charity. Did you ever hear those words? La fe, la esperanza, la caridad, if you speak Spanish. Okay? Faith, hope, and charity. You can spend a whole hour lesson on those three virtues, but another class. But at least you know, you've heard those theological virtues. They come, they come into your soul in the moment of baptism. No. All of this is all of this is uh, is invisible, but it's really happening. When your your children are baptized, it's happening in an invisible but a very real way. But once we once we finish this class, we're going to be blown away at the graces that come from baptism, and we're going to feel a little bit sad because we never really understood what was happening the day of the baptism of our children, and maybe regret the fact that we put it off for six months. Hmm? Actually, a, a pregnant woman should do the baptismal talk when she's eight months pregnant. Have the kid baptized within a couple of weeks. Get the padrinos. Forget about the fiesta. Mm-hmm. Amen? Yeah. Follow these words of wisdom. huh? <laughs> so the three theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Moral virtues. If anyone could give me the moral virtue, I should probably give you $100. No? I don't have it to give, but if I did have it, I'd probably give you at least 99 cents. No? Are you ready? Okay, in order, they would be justice, justice, Temperance, prudence, and fortitude, justice, temperance, prudence, and Fortitude. We had to study a whole semester before becoming a priest just on just on these few words. No?
Don't forget, when baptism happens, all of these are descending into the soul of your son or daughter. I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up. Now, the Holy Spirit, not only does the baptized receive the Holy Spirit, also his gifts. None of you here are, are confirmed yet? None of you are confirmed? How many of you are confirmed? Oh, okay then. Okay, you tell me the seven gifts the Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll give the microphone. Hey, right. <laughs> okay. oh. Summer school. <laughs> Summer school. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You probably did learn them in one class when you're in confirmation. Uh, when you're a little. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. Well, still, we have to keep studying, right? Okay, so here, these are the, they're called the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these gifts are active. They help us to really become saints quickly. They're really operative or active within us. But if we don't... We don't even know what they are. They're probably not going to be too active. They're kind of the, in a state of inertia <laughs> or dormant state. Okay, you mentioned one. You, 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 okay, so right then, wisdom. Wisdom is actually the first and the most important, according to your friend Thomas Aquinas, the Universidad de Santo Tomas in Manila, right? <laughs> So wisdom would be the first. Then we have knowledge. Then we have understanding. You understand? Un poco. Understanding. Then we have counsel. Okay, those are four, those are the first four, and you know what they do? They perfect your intellect. All of us have a mind, right? Hello? Very important. After our heart, the mind is the most important thing we have in the world. We have to cultivate our mind. We really be intelligent people. And help your children to cultivate their minds too, right? And then the last three, the want to cultivate our heart. But you see, counsel, counsel connects the mind to the heart. It's like a bridge. So counsel, it connects the mind to the heart. So the, uh, the last three would be once again, fortitude. Piety. Piety. And fear of the Lord. Okay, don't un- I don't expect you to understand them perfectly, but at least at least you you heard what they are, okay? And hopefully you'll be able to get to learn. What I'm basically doing, I'm giving you like a class in in language today. Because part of learning about our catechism is that you have to know the language. Like I could talk to you people using baseball language and you probably wouldn't understand me. I play baseball in college, I know baseball. And I know the language pretty well, For example, suicide squeeze. None of you know what that is. Hmm? High high pop, you might know what that is. Pulling two. You might guess that too. Yes? Can you repeat that one before? um, Fear of the Lord? Fear of the Lord. And then before that is piety. What does that mean? Okay, piety means we recognize that God is our loving Father and he, if he's a loving father, then all of us are brothers and sisters. So if we love God, we should love each other. That would be 
succinct definition of it. And the opposite would be that of racism. I'm going to look down upon you because maybe you come from the Philippines. Or maybe you come, I'm from Dayefe, I'm a Chilango, and I look down at those people that maybe come from Hidalgo, you know, if you're, if you're Mexican, huh? Uh, it's called racism. Or, for, for example, abortion is against that. Why? Because abortion, there's a baby, and we're discriminating against that little baby who has a right to live. So piety is a recognition of God is a loving Father and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. You ask a simple question and you got a simple response, right? Yeah. Okay, so that is the that's the theological is the the uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, piety. If you want to be a great theologian, the virtue of piety is very different. But there's the whole the gift of that's another class, okay? How do you spell exactly that word? Okay, P I E T Y. Do you know Spanish? It's called la piedad. If you know Spanish, okay? P I E D A D. Some of you, your first language is probably Spanish, right? La piedad in Spanish and English is called piety. Think about even eating an apple pie, and then to put the ty afterward. Okay, <laughs> piety. <laughs> the pi- apple pie, but the ty afterward. Okay. All right. Next. Okay. Next is. Did you know when we do a baptism, we do an exorcism? I guess you didn't know that, did you? Am I scaring you? <laughs> yes. It's a minor exorcism, not the big one that you saw on the movie screen. Huh? So before the child is baptized, his chest is anointed with the, with the oil of exorcism, and because the devil exists. Yeah. I don't want to overemphasize the devil, but the devil exists. So there's a minor exorcism. Okay. Next, church, related to the church. You become, you become a, a member of the family of God. The church is a family. You become a member of the family of God. Okay, number 11 is Sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace is the definition is that which makes us pleasing to God. Right, Mary? Sanctifying grace is that which makes us pleasing to God. So write that in there. So you become pleasing to God. I certainly want to be pleasing to God. Hopefully you do too. Okay, then actual graces. God sends me holy thoughts and peaceful desires. Okay? Okay? God sends me holy thoughts and peaceful desires. So, so he works, grace works on our intellect as well as our, our heart and our will. All that comes from baptism. Okay, number 13, related to our eternal destiny. Okay. Related to eternal destiny, you, you can inherit heaven. So once baptized, you can, you can go to heaven. That's pretty important. You have inherited heaven, and we can we can throw it away by living a bad life. But once you're baptism, you can go to heaven, inherit heaven. That's huge, huge. <laughs> How important that is. Therefore, putting the social part above the sacramental part. Blocking your child from going to heaven. You see how terrible that is, really. You really think about it. 
So the next baby you have, get him baptized within the first week, okay? <laughs> Soon as possible. Okay, then, number 14, become part of the mystical body of Christ. Become part of the mystical body of Christ. You're part of the body of Christ. And then number 15, Mary becomes now our spiritual mother. As the Filipinos say, Mama Mary, right? Right? So Mary becomes our spiritual mother. I love that, don't you? La Virgen de Guadalupe is Mama. I love that. <laughs> you love your children, or Mary loves you a million, more, million times more. I'm not exaggerating. You love your kids? Those energetic little kids? And well, Mary loves you much more. That should give you a lot of that should give you a lot of consolation. Does it? it gives me a lot of consolation. So much so that I've already written two books on that topic. <laughs> You're writing a book. Eh? It takes a lot, a lot of work. If you love someone, you want to write about that person, huh? Okay. As mentioned above, the sacrament of baptism is a great gift that God has so generously bestowed upon us. However, at the same time as Christian Catholic parents, it is a serious and great responsibility. Grave responsibility. What then are concrete ways that we can live out our baptismal commitment and help our children to live out their own baptismal commitment? So turn the page. So ways to live out our baptismal commitment. Okay, the date or anniversary of the baptism. So part of your work today, or your homework, find out the day that you were baptized and find out the day that your children were baptized. You probably don't know. I see you're scratching your head. Okay, probably, probably don't know. And I, I don't expect you to know. But you should know. Okay. Uh, when my mom got married, they gave her a new Bible. And my mom was married probably when your grandparents were married. My mom was married in 1954. They gave her a new Bible. And in the opening page, you'd have the baptism, date, confirmation, first of all the children. They'd be like, oh, remember that, Mary? That's the way the Bibles used to be. Uh, years ago, you have a whole list. We have child baptism, first communion, confirmation. You could put, you could, you could print that out. If you know how to use a computer. So, what, what, when was your child? You got three or four kids. The, the day of the baptism and your own baptism. I was, I was baptized, listen to this, I was baptized on March 25th, which is the feast day of the Annunciation of Mary. What a blessing. I was baptized on one of the most important Marian feast days. That's probably why I'm so Marian. I was baptized on Mary's feast day. And my mom, when I was just a little baby, consecrated my, me to Mary. And when, you know, when I was one day old, I had my arms like this. My mom said, Ah, that boy, he's going to be a priest. My mind made the prophecy. It took 30 years to happen, though. <laughs> those mothers, they have those intuitions, right? Because as a little baby, I had my arms out like this. Oh, that little, that little rascal, he's going to be a priest. Praise the Lord. <laughs> prophecy, yeah. So, find out when he was baptized. And then, celebrate the date. So every time we celebrate your birthday and your baptism, cake and ice cream. You like that? Ooh, look at that guy. He is in hogs heaven, huh? <laughs> Why not? But before, 
ice cream and cake, come to church, make a good confession, receive communion, and then pray the rosary. Amen or oh me? Amen, huh? <laughs> so put, put, the, put the sacramental above the social. Okay? Now, look at him. Boy, when I said ache and kaisi, I mean, that guy, we almost hit the roof. No. <laughs> Did you like that? Yeah. Well, make sure, okay, you're first going to come to Mass and you say the rosary. Look at his glove now. <laughs> well, we still have a, a year of, of formation, don't we? Okay, next. Naming of the child. Okay. Next time you have a child or a relative has a child, make sure you give your child a good Catholic name. I've noticed over the past few years when I'm baptizing babies, some of the names are really weird. Really weird. Like they're they're creating they're creating they're creating new names. No, don't do that. Get a good Catholic name. And if you're having a problem, come and ask me and I have a whole list, okay? I have a whole list of really good Catholic names, yeah. Because if not, your child isn't, he's not going to have a patron saint. So it's going to be a little bit more difficult to live a holy life. You got a patron saint, your patron saint is going to pray for you, help you to get to heaven, right? Yeah, uh, so next baby, before that baby, come, come and talk to, to me, and we'll have a nice dialogue on what type of name you can give that child. I feel if it's a girl, you can't go, you can't go wrong if you give. The girl, a Marian name. Fatima, Guadalupe, Maria Guadalupe. Lord is... Uh, I just love Marian names. Not that you have to do it, but I can't go wrong if you're consecrating yourself. Right, Guadalupe? You consecrate your children to Mary. Or a double name. No, Ana Maria, Maria Ana. No. I have, I'm the godfather of the 39th grandchild of my parents. The last one who turns, turns seven on September 8th, which is Mary's birthday. Her name is Mary Ann. I like that name. Yeah, Mary Ann. In honor of Mary and her... And Ann is the mother of Mary, so Ann would be the grandmother of Jesus. Pretty good name, huh? Mary Ann, huh? So, holy water. Do you have holy water at home? Okay. How do you get holy water? Just give it to me. <laughs> so the priest, I used to think before I was a priest that there was a holy water faucet in the sacristy. <laughs> I used to think that when I was a kid. Where's that holy water sacristy? I found out it's the priest that blesses the water. Okay? So if you don't have holy water, bring the water to me and I will be able to bless it. So you should always have a good gallon of holy water. You know what, what my mother would often do? is bless your children before they go to bed. Why don't you do that? Yeah? You say your prayers and bless them with holy water. Hey, do it him. Then he can have his ice cream and cake. Huh? <laughs> well, that's a good idea. Before, before she goes to bed, bless her. Yeah, do that. You got, you got your little kids? That's a good idea because my son has nightmares sometimes. Right, I mean, that n- nightmare. It's a good idea to maybe kick the devil away, right? Huh? Yeah. No, you get some holy water, say, say your prayers, and then bless their forehead, give them a hug. Uh, I, I don't remember my mom doing that with me, but I, I've got siblings that are about 20 years younger than me. I remember them doing it to the younger ones. I thought that's a good idea. Hmm? Kick the devil up. Get the devil away from us, right? Okay, next. The sign of the cross. So every time you make the sign of the cross, you should be thinking about your dignity, that through baptism you became a son of God, a daughter of God, a friend of Jesus Christ, and an intimate friend with the Holy Spirit. So every time you make the sign of the cross, you're renewing your baptismal commitment. Got that? Every time you make the sign, you're renewing your baptismal commitment. Teach your children that. In my Mass in Spanish, uh, on Monday, I, sp- I give a 20-minute homily just on the sign of the cross. Right, Mary? Yeah. Explain the sign of the cross. 
We make the sign of the cross, but we don't really know what it means. We're professing our faith in the Trinity, and we're professing our love for Jesus who died on the cross for us. Amen? Okay, let us strive to grow in the knowledge of our faith, our Catholic faith, as the pearl of infinite price that Jesus teaches us. And as a result, let us become the best teachers to our children, also the pearls that God has given to us that have infinite value. Amen. Well, did you learn something today? Yeah? Quite a bit, huh? So I've given you a lot, a lot. You've probably never had so much information in your whole life. I've given you a lot, no? So read through this and try to learn this because don't forget the, the, the midterm exam is probably going to be an oral exam is coming up. And I don't want to have summer classes with you people, okay? So try to learn this and put it into practice. Amen? So right now, you're going to be going into the, let's say, Hail Mary, go into church and pray the rosary with your children. Then we'll see on Sunday, right? We'll see on Sunday Mass. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, remember. Bless the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now at the hour of our death. And the Lord be with you. Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go over to the church now to pray the rosary with your children.